Bob, so I noticed that when you're when you're speaking, you uh, you change or you vary the pace a bit when you're when yeah. you're you're speaking. Yeah. And uh, what what what's that all about? Firstly, if you vary the pace throughout a sentence, then it makes the sentence more interesting. Yes. Uh, the enemy of all public speaking is sameness, and it doesn't yep. matter whether you speak fast or you speak slow. Yes. If you speak the same pace all the time, yes. then the audience get used to it and tune out. Yes. So, for a starter, varying the pace will uh, make it more interesting. Yep. But I use a system I call sprints and drags, mm. and sprints and drags is to add emphasis when you need it in a sentence. And the fast bit is the information that the audience need but is not essential and the slow bit is the bit you want the audience to listen to. Like that. Like that. <laughs> and you'll, you'll see it with yeah. politicians. Politicians sure. use it all the time. They yeah. will say something like, uh, they do the fast bit first Yes. and they'll say something like, uh, the, the opposition said that they were going to invest in housing in this country and they haven't. They said that they were going to build more houses and they haven't. They said they would invest in the building industry and mm. they haven't, mm. but we will put it right. right. So yeah. the bit of information they need is yes. a bit bunched up at the front. Yes. So people still Let's hear that. get it done. That's it. Yeah. Let's get it done. Yeah. Yeah. The classic. Yeah. Uh, and you'll see that the sentence before that has been bunched slightly. Right. And then it finishes with, let's get it done. And right. Bing, that's the soundbite yeah. that people remember. Yeah. And that slowness just adds huge emphasis to the words you want. Fantastic. So I, I as a voice coach, use in pitch inflections. Yeah. So I demonstrate how we can, how we can use different pitches yeah. to um, get our point across and different tones timbres of the voice, resonance, etc. So it's a similar thing within a, within a, within the the, the the dynamics, the yeah. development of the speech. How how often would you? I mean, do you actually map these this this sort of thing out with when you're working with a client? Yeah, sure. So if someone say right at the start and they've never used the uh, technique of sprints and drags, and you're thinking, well, they really need to put that in, but it's going to be unnatural. Yes. So it's like everything else. Yeah. Until you practice it several times yes. over, it's always a bit clunky. Sure. Yeah. But I would start with someone, map it out. Yes. And what I get them to do, it, rather than just purely map it out, is pick out the words in the sentence that are most important. Yes. And then the rest can be put in at a much faster pace. Right. And get them to focus on what's important. Yes. And then try it a few times. But by the time they come to deliver in front of an audience... Yes. I'd expect that to be becoming fairly natural. Yes. So that when you're thinking of a sentence, you're only thinking of which words do I want highlighted here. Yes. And then the rest will follow naturally. And would, would that be generally at the end of, of, a, of a phrase or a paragraph? Yeah. yeah. Ends of sentences End certainly of are very key in speaking. Yes. They're, they're key if you want to add emphasis because... Yes. What happens is you add the emphasis as you speak, mm. and then you stop. Mm. You take a pause, mm. you breathe, which mm. is always good when yes, you're yes, speaking. Yeah. And in that pause, the audience are taking on the information you've said. Mm. So if you're going to hit them with something mm. of importance, do it at the end. Mm. If you did it in the middle of a sentence, then you would trample over their thoughts mm. with whatever's coming to the end of the sentence. Yes. And, of course, if you use humour... Mm. It's 
imperative that the humorous word, the trigger word, mm. comes at the end of the sentence mm. for exactly the same reason. Mm. You hit them with the funny word, you pause naturally to breathe, mm. and then you just don't start again until the laughter's decayed. Mm. People are scared of... of pauses. <laughs> and... Um, you know, I am. Well, I think we all are. You know, we're, we're suddenly we've our minds gone blank. It didn't then, by the way, but it does occasionally, yeah. and that's that's indicative of, of, I suppose, preparation, isn't it? Really, and, and practice. How, how would you uh, one 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 bit of advice? What would be your advice for people that wanted to practice their their delivery bit until it becomes? You know, natural. What what would you what what methods do you, do you? I know we're digressing slightly off off, off here, but um it's it's definitely helped me when we work together yeah um for me to practice and record myself for instance yeah um when i'm you know and i can listen back and you know and this always terrible listening everyone feels yeah 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 um well so what any any tips on um you know practicing and and really just getting getting to grip really you know uh, internalizing that your your content for for speech for sure lots of practice yeah internalising it. No one likes doing it and no yeah. one likes listening back to it either. Sure. However, it is a necessary evil. Yeah. As soon as you start practising it out loud, yes. you hear it in a very different way to when it goes round in your head. Yes. So be surprised how many people will stand up to speak and it won't come out well and yeah. they're saying, when well, it I, was in my head, it all seems yeah. so clear. I would imagine that most people, including myself until now, um, write out their speech and actually don't practice it out loud. They, they write it and then they go to the event, um, whether it be a speaking event or um, maybe their best man at a wedding or something, you know. They, they write it out and they, they read it, they, they give it to their other half um, and, you know, and to check it and they go, yeah, that sounds good, that looks yeah. good, maybe change a few words here and there, edit it a little bit. But then they go and do the speech and that's, that, that at the speech is the first time they've actually said anything. Yeah. Um, you know, so that that your that wouldn't be your advice to do that. No, your <laughs> recipe for disaster, <laughs> disaster, in my opinion. What, why is that? What can go wrong then? If they, if it's not a question it. of going wrong. Yeah. it's a, a question of using all your senses mm. to speak with. Mm. And if all you've done is write it, then you've mm. you've used your eyes. And if you've written it in text, mm. then all you've got is a pile of text, and mm. that's a really poor way to remember it. Yes, uh, I never go for a speech with a full load of text. Mm. What I do is I block my speeches into paragraphs, Okay. and against each paragraph, I write mm. a key word. Mm. So for instance, let's say I've got a speech that I haven't got a great deal of preparation time. Mm. Uh, it happens, it, it sort of happens quite often at funerals, you know, people, yes. someone's died, would you mind doing the eulogy? Yes. You're, you're getting all the information in, you're yes. short of time. Mm. So I write a key word in the paragraph on what that paragraph's about, mm. Then I practice it a couple of times, and I practice just using the key word. Ah. And then when it comes to mm. delivery, mm. even though I might not remember what comes next, yes. I just need a quick glance at the key word, and I mm. know what the paragraph is yep. that's following. Yep. So that makes it easier. Yes. If you've got longer to prepare, yes. then I always make mine out in a map, very similar to a mind map. I use mm. colours and mm. diagrams and, and pictures. Mm. And I map it out into blocks, mm. and what that's doing is that's using different parts of your memory. So now I know what the text is. With the mind map, I'm getting a more pictorial mm. view of it, mm. 
but also I'm getting a kinesthetic view of it mm. because I'm I'm physically drawing it. Yeah. And actually, if you do that, mm. it's a great way. If you want to practice just before you speak mm. and you can't wander around practicing out loud, mm. you can always sit there and just draw your map of the speech. Yeah. And that will reinforce it. And then for the really serious professionals, mm. when I'm pretty comfortable mm. with mine, I'll record it. Mm. And I put that recording in my car mm. and it plays while I drive around. Yes, yeah. And what that means is that when you stop, mm. it stops in random places. Mm. And then when you get back in, mm. it starts in a random place. So instead of seeing your speech mm. as a long chain of mm. text, which most people will, mm. it stops and starts in random places. Mm. So you're comfortable with it starting in every, it's, anywhere. It's very much like... Uh, learning a piece of music, for instance. Yeah, so you, yeah, if you, absolutely. I often tell my students, you know, don't start the beginning yeah. and play through the whole, sing through the whole piece, yeah. and then start all over again. No. Work on the bits that you need to work on, yeah. whether that be that little phrase there that you can't sing or play, um, and then do the whole thing. But don't do the whole thing over and over and over again because you're actually you're not really getting much getting too no. that, that far within it for the, for the practice side of things. Uh, lyric lyric wise, I I. If I, if, if I don't come off what we call come off page, I don't know if that's the same terminology in, in the speaking world, but if we don't come off pages and don't come off the lyrics quick yeah. enough, I'm, I'm, that's it, I'm, I'm, I'm stuffed. Um, with, with, I, I will generally not be able to remember, remember those lyrics unless I've got them in front of me right. on some kind of cue card or, yeah, or, yeah. or monitor. And so I have to try to come off page as soon as possible. Yeah. So I might write out the lyrics, I might, um, you know start learning that way but I try to just to push the lyrics out, out of the way as soon as I can yeah. otherwise I'm reliant and there's nothing worse um, than watching a, a singer and I presume also even more so a speaker who's just head down looking at the lectern and in, in there looking at their speech because the main thing is that they're not engaging and they're not communicating are they so no but you have to remember that this is a scale this is a spectrum this is not a fixed event so right the, the last message I would want to give to anyone is don't use notes yes because this is not a memory test yes it might be when you're a professional if you're sure. a professional speaker they'll expect you not to use notes mm. but for most people mm. this is not a memory test it's not showing how clever you are remembering half an hour's material it's about the value that you add to the audience yes and if you're adding good value, mm. no one will object. If you've got an aid memoir, it shouldn't be your first example, which mm. is the, the written sheet to stare at, mm. but some bullet points that you can just glance at mm. and remember where you are. Mm. That's fine. Yeah. And you should have those in a convenient place. So often they'll give you a, a big lectern and you stand behind the lectern, mm. which is very bad because you then yeah. put a barrier between you and yeah. the audience. Mm. But I use a music stand, a conductor's one, you know, the one with the holes in the back. Yep, yep. And I wind it down mm. to about mid-thigh level. Mm. I can see the notes, yep. but it obstructs none of my view with the audience. Yes. So I get good contact. Yes. If I need to remember anything, I can have a glance down. Mm. If I've got props that I want to hold up, books mm. and that... I put them on there yes. because then I don't have to turn my back on the audience to yes. go back to the lectern to get my props. Yes. I can just pick them up in yeah. front of the audience. Yeah. So, yeah, it is, it yeah. is about technique, it's, but yeah. don't discourage people. People should mm. learn to use notes properly, yes. not 
try and avoid mm-hmm. them altogether. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Bob, where, where can we get hold of you if we want to, uh, uh, to hire your services as a speaker? Coach? That's always welcome news to me, of course, Jim. <laughs> I, I have a website, which is bobferguson.co.uk. Great. And the best way to get in touch with me is just to drop me an email. That's bob at bobferguson.co.uk. Fantastic. And I, I will, I'll put that on the, uh, on the information uh, on the video in, uh, in some form. Thanks again, Bob, for your time. It's great to see you. Um, and I hope to, see you, I hope to speak to you soon. Yeah, that's Fantastic. a pleasure. Good to see you again, Cheers, Thank you very Cheers, much. Excellent. Yeah.